Hey, Christine. Hey, Gia. Give me your thoughts on intuitive eating. Life-saving. Um, complete and utter magic in my life. <laughs> Freedom. Choice. Okay. A new perspective. Why didn't I find it sooner? Hell yeah. I love that. Well, we're going to learn more about it today because welcome to Two Fat Girls on Microphone. I'm Gia and I'm a fat girl. And I'm Christine. And even though we're doing this great episode today, I'm still a reluctantly fat girl at the moment. That's okay. That's all right. We're meeting ourselves where we're at today. We are meeting ourselves where we're at today <clears throat> and every day. For sure. And today we have a very special guest with us because we're going to be discussing what we just talked about intuitive eating which is one of my favorite things that ever happened in my life to myself and this guest actually helped me get over my little uh one of my low points where I was trying to do it by myself and so she helped lift me out and get me to the next level and her name is Michaela Putella she is a registered dietitian and you can find her on Instagram at at food.peace.nutritionist. Michaela, how are you? Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here and talk all things intuitive eating. So yeah. Yay. And for people like, so people know I am coming into this completely blind. I have heard Christine talk about intuitive eating and like we've touched on it briefly in a few episodes, but I really don't know nothing. So I'm going to be learning right along with everyone else from Michaela. I just talked to her for a few minutes before we started recording. And now I'm just excited to learn more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Michaela, give us your take on what you my think o- about. My overall eating. view of intuitive eating. So intuitive eating is basically learning how to eat in a way that's in line with your values. So basically taking all everything that you've learned throughout your whole life about food, about nutrition, throwing it in the trash can and allowing yourself to eat in according to how you feel, your hunger, your fullness, what satisfies you, taking all the noise out of, of again, like what, when, and how much to eat. Um, because that is essentially what keeps us stuck feeling guilty, overeating, binge eating, feeling guilty, obsessed with food, all those things. And so it's really just taking you out of the external and into the internal so that you can eat in a way that feels good for the rest of your life. There's no diet around the corner. There's no new meal plan around the corner. You're just free from it all. And I I would say that like literally this is one of the most magical – I like to say magical because I was so obsessed with – how a lot of people are, like you said, obsessed with food. And, you know, the thing to me is when being in a work environment in the candy bowl, right? And the people that, it's like, I used to be that person where I'd be younger and at work. And when, before the pandemic, obviously, I would be a lot of people at work. And um, back in the day, and you'd go and there'd be like the Snickers and the little Twix and the little candy bars or the Hershey Kisses. And I remember being like, I had no power when it came to that candy bowl. And so that's why I say now that after dedicating myself to the idea of intuitive eating, it really did free me to a point where I literally feel like it's magic because the power I used to feel with these certain foods 
that I'm sure a lot of people listening probably still feel if they've never heard of intuitive eating is that, you know, there's a way to not have that obsessive feeling anymore when it comes to like, quote unquote, bad foods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all that morality. Everyone thinks that there's all this morality around all these foods. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest, like for me, that's that's the hardest part living amongst people that don't know about it <laughs> now is like, you know, just chill. Just chill yeah. out. Just chill sure. out. And, you know, what's interesting is that you say the, like, what you remember is like the candy bowl, right? And then, you know, whether you've heard of intuitive eating or not, if you've heard of it, you're probably like, oh, that sounds scary, right? Because you see everyone online saying, give yourself permission to eat the candy bowl. And so, you know, Christine, how did you give yourself permission to eat the candy bowl? That was, that's the hard part because you have to be like, I had to really start thinking about, yeah, why can't I eat this thing? Like, why does it matter so much? Why does living in a smaller body, why am I so obsessed with that idea? I think it's all connected for me. Um, I'm not going to say it's easy because it's literally the hardest thing ever to do any of this, but I think it's the, um, I, you're saying before, yeah, I couldn't, I, when I, when I first started reading about intuitive eating, I was like, I want to eat Twix and I should be able to eat Twix and I'm going to eat Twix. And then I did. And then I just kept doing it. You know what I mean? Like I just kept, because I was also a binge person, a binge eating person, person, because I would be, be so good. I would be so good during the week that on the weekends, what would I do? I would go completely crazy like Saturday was like my number one binge day I would like go to the store get all the things I needed to binge eat so I mean that's where you get to I think when you're not in control of the situation you think you're in control of the situation but you're not in control of the situation because I don't think you can out uh I don't know the the word but the the restriction binge cycle Mm -hmm. really is it's coming for you if you're gonna you know, restrict to an extent, like you think you're doing all great. And then that weekend binge is not gonna, is not a part of that. And then that just makes you feel more, more out of control, I would say. So for me, it was being able to start allowing the foods in everyday life because that would, that made more sense for me than I, like, as I kept reading about it, then, cause I would n- remember those Saturday and weekend binge. That's all I would do on the weekend. Like from Friday night to Sunday, it'd be like, well, what can I eat? Because that's all I do is binge eat on the weekend because I can't eat during the week. I mean, it's it's nuts, really. It's truly nuts. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's just, it makes it makes me think of like how, like, what is the earliest age we're all like that we hear, oh, I was bad. I was bad this weekend. I was bad. You know, I ate whatever. You know, it's, we grew up hearing that. My so whole of life. Course, of course. <laughs> that's going to translate into our adult lives. It's yeah. Cause it's, you know, I, again, and like I've told Christine this too, it's like, I don't think my personal struggles with like food and my body really come from like my own personal experience as much as what I heard other specifically women around me say. Um, 
But then once I was in a bigger body, people just feel entitled to comment on your eating habits more. Um, more so than like, you know, growing up, I when I would go to uh, high school, I would ride with my best friend, Chris, who was like this tall, lanky blonde boy. And on our way to high school, he would get two Big Macs and just destroy them in like 2.5 seconds. Um, but he never, you know, and no one ever made we a comment cared. about that. But if I came home from school and told my parents that we stopped at McDonald's, it was immediately like, well, what'd you get? Oh, well, okay. Like, it's just, you know, <laughs> you don't have to eat that. You know, we have food here. Like it was very kind of, it's just so interesting. It just made me think of how early on are we, Mm-hmm. like associating good and bad with foods which kind of goes back to how christine and i have talked about before being the good fatty it's like it's okay ah. if you're it's okay if you're fat if you're actively working on not being fat mm-hmm. and that's that's what a quote-unquote good fatty is right is if you're if you're working on it then yeah we support you but if you're not if you're just living your life mm, nah which is mm-hmm. stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, also, right, we're all growing up. We're all listening to all this diet talk. And at the end of the day, what happens from it? Like what ends up happening whenever you are told that, oh, you shouldn't eat that or, oh, like that judgment on you. Like what do you start feeling with food after that? The That beautiful – I don't know about you, Gia, but for me it's that gorgeous combination of guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Oh, I love guilt and shame because that's where I was living. <laughs> yeah, but it is—it's that sneaky thing of like, oh, no one knows I'm doing it. Oh, ho, ho. Um, yeah. As we're talking about this, like, I definitely did some of that growing up for sure, for sure, for it's, sure. I mean, it's inescapable because mm-hmm. of the way our society is, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the whole stigma of—I really like Gia how you brought that up. Of you rode to school with. This Mm -hmm. lanky, blonde-haired boy who ate two Big Macs. No one looks twice. And then you're sitting there and you're like, if I bring home one Big Mac, my parents are probably going to be like, "Uh, did you really need that? Yes, exactly. And and it it was always like, well, you know, we have food at home. mm -hmm. We cook for you. You know, it it was never directly shaming, but that almost made it worse. (laughs) Beating around the bush. Yeah. (laughs) Like, just say it. And again, um, that lanky blonde boy, I'm still friends with him. He is still oh. a lanky blonde boy. He <laughs> has not changed one bit. He still puts all kinds of terrible things in his body. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, it's just to have the freedom to live your life in the same way that straight sized bodies do is just not something we're afforded. And it's so how do you not kind of spiral into yourself and figure out how to best control it? I think control is the biggest overarching thing is like, I think we all kind of have a desire to control a little bit. And how does that control manifest? Well, that's different. Yeah. Different for everybody. And also it's the safety of, you know, it's like you're taught I'm not accepted in this body, so I need to I need to control this. I need to find safety. I want acceptance. Mm-hmm. And in order to get that, I need to shrink my body. And then there's all these companies 
feasting off of that and saying, oh, okay, I have the solution for you. Here, take this, mm-hmm. eat this, do this. And then you get stuck in the restrict binge cycle and you lose trust in your body and it just spirals out of control. And it's not right. None of it's right. And, you know, I'm in a straight size body and I acknowledge that and I know I hold a lot of privilege in this space. Um, and so I feel like we need to uplift the voices of folks in larger bodies and make sure you are all heard and that we change this because it's not right. You should be able to live your life mm-hmm. without this fear, without this judgment and being able to just be you. So definitely. And that's what intuitive eating, going, circling back to intuitive eating yeah. is all about, about, you know, no matter what size you are, no matter, you know, you know, no matter what your body is, you can trust it. You can listen to it. Mm-hmm. And the way you trust and listen to it is going to look different from everyone else because it's not cookie cutter. Kind of like, so Christine comes out of this world of restrict binge cycle. And then Gia, where did you come out of? Um, gosh, uh, <laughs> I really, well, and it's funny because as I hear you talking about these things, I've definitely done those things before. I've definitely been in a restrictive binge cycle, but I've never identified it as such. And I think that to a degree, that's my own control, right? Of like, cause my, uh, Christine knows this, my mom's a therapist, right? So I grew up kind of like being a little bit more just aware of these mental health terms, a little bit more aware of all these things of disordered eating, all these things. But that was almost it almost felt like if I identified with any of those struggles, then I was somehow like failing. Cause it was like, Oh, I'm, I'm, but I'm too smart for this. Cause I know about this, right? Like I've grown up n- knowing about this. And so if I fall into this, well, then I'm a big fat failure. Oh, pun intended. Oh, didn't even mean to do that. Um, but, but, yeah. So I think, yeah, as I've been listening to you talk about this, I have a hundred percent done that where I like be really good on like, you know, my meal prepping and whatever. And then again, over the weekend, I'll just fucking pound some Taco Bell, like I said. Um, and it's to the point of like, I know I don't need it. Um, but again, yeah, no, this is, I'm learning some things about me right now in this moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I want to kind of interject if I if I yeah. can because what you just said is if you don't need it and that that was th- that this is one of the things that um but another part of you does need it maybe mm-hmm. maybe well, you need and that moment to enjoy something that you enjoy that's what I couldn't separate right is like yes. That the brain and the body are two different, you know, those are, how do we get those two things to come together and work together? Um, Because a lot of times your brain is going to tell you lies, your brain is, you know, but I think to a degree, I think what my brain needed was that control, was that kind of, because I'm a very, I'm a stubborn bitch too. Like, so sometimes it was like, yeah, I'm going to eat this just because everyone else says I shouldn't, huh? I'm going to have these Same. cheesy Fiesta potatoes and tell you to suck it. Um, but yeah, so I think finding that kind of like peace up in your mind, which is why this is so intuitive eating is fascinating to me because 
it's something I've always said, like even in acting school and stuff, um, it's like you're not going to fix anything until you fix what's happening up here in your mind. Um, and, and it's almost like it's like you have to build that foundation for yourself to jump off on to do that work of, you know, getting healthy or whatever it is, controlling whatever it is like you kind of have to. I feel like everyone starts from a let me just go get on a treadmill and the world tells us to do that right it tells all the fat like so many of my comments on my social media is just like time to hop on a treadmill yeah definitely a gym bro wait well oh yeah definitely it's a gym also bro. like a gym bro who probably is like in a basement somewhere and like yeah of course <laughs> you know just really um and now I appreciate them because they give me content to make, but um, it, it just shows that backwards fe- thinking of the whole world. Whereas like, what if, and you know, I want, hopefully in my lifetime we get there. What if we all just had the perspective of doing the work in your mind first and mm. then step in the gym, you know, yeah. do, do the work in your mind as you go on a, a little hot girl walk first. <laughs> And and then focus on the crazy, you know, all the crazy workout fads or whatever. Um, but it's that we're in this society of quick fixes of instant gratification that I think goes against that as well. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting how you said your brain and your body are not connected, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because when we realize, oh, shh. Can I cuss on this? Yes. Yeah, okay. Just making sure. Um, sh- and I was only going to say shit. Shit. My, my, like, my relationship with food sucks. I need to fix this, right? And then you're like, okay, this intuitive eating thing sounds great. Like, eat what I want. Listen to my body. Like, it's going to be great. And then you start and you're like, this sucks. I feel like shit. I feel like even more shit because I'm not controlling my body. I'm not trying to lose weight anymore. I'm eating everything and I'm not stopping because I finally have permission. And you just feel guilty. You just feel bad. And that's another piece of turning – we turn intuitive eating into a diet. That's what I see nine times out of ten of people saying, well, this isn't working. I'm like, well, how do you define working? Because if you're using this to lose weight or if you're losing this to try to eat the smallest amount possible, it's not going to work. Because that's not what this is about. This is about connecting to your body, getting your brain and your body on the same wavelength. And mm-hmm. that takes time. It takes practice. And it's a journey without a destination, just like body image work, right? You're always learning stuff about yourself. Your body's changing constantly. Like imagine having a freaking child. Like your hunger is going to change after that. Your fullness is going to change and you're going to have to relearn it. So, but that's when... You can't approach it with this right and wrong judgment. You have to approach it with, oh, cool, like I'm hungrier now. Awesome. Like I'm going to eat more. And that's what intuitive eating is about. It's not about, again, the weight loss, the eating uh, the smallest amount possible. And it's also this piece of, yes, if you're feeling like crap when you start it, that's normal. That's what I like to call the messy middle. But you have to go through that to get to a place where it's like, oh, cool, like a piece of cake. I can have that. I can have two. I can have three. Well, how much is going to feel good? But in order to get there, you have to allow yourself to eat the whole cake multiple times. 
because there can't be meaning attached to the food anymore. And you have to give yourself. And that's another thing, like binge eating, right? Like the restrict binge cycle. If we fear binging, like let's say like you're trying so hard not to binge. What are you going to do? I'm going to binge. <laughs> exactly, right? It's like we've created this like, oh, these behaviors are so bad. When in reality, it's like your body's just trying to tell you something. They're mm-hmm. trying to say, hey, like you did not eat enough, eat enough food today or this week. If it's like a weekend bitch thing, you're not eating what you want. It's just trying to tell you something. And so if we could stop looking at all these things as such bad things and, and instead get curious about them, that would help us a lot and also help us become more intuitive. Ooh, so. I love I love that you just brought up curiosity because yeah, that's yeah. something I – that I've been learning like as I've because Christine knows it's like I've I've weightlifted pretty much my whole life and like I like I do CrossFit um and it's like I wish we all gave ourselves a permission to explore like that your cravings are going to be different after you do a certain physical activity like I after I do a CrossFit class I will pound some hard-boiled eggs like nobody's business right because because like I need that like huh, protein right um and it's just but then again like after i do something else like i might really want just like a big fat salad and i just wish like we gave permission to ourselves to lean into that more um because what i've found since i've and again like i feel like i've i've started doing intuitive eat without knowing it you know um but i i started getting um imperfect foods which is like this uh grocery delivery that combats food waste right and they make you a little basket um every week and i also watch a ton of cooking shows so by default i've had these extra ingredients that i normally wouldn't buy so curiosity there right of like what can i do with these foods that i don't normally eat um and then it it makes it fun and then because I've allowed myself to kind of explore in just cooking or like, oh, this is a different way to eat this other dish that I really like. Um, This is a different way to do this. And like allowing yourself to kind of have fun. I have started eating quote unquote healthier, like a lot. And I've, I've, I'll have like a plant-based meal once a week, just by default of like listening to myself of, yeah, I do enjoy this. And and I do enjoy the fun of like making different kind of combinations and whatever. Um, and yeah, and I think it's, you know, I let myself be curious of like, what am I craving after what active, you know, after work, I'm going to crave something different than after a workout, mm-hmm. you know, um, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. you have to, well, one of the, tenants or the principles of intuitive eating is giving yourself unperm- giving yourself unconditional permission to eat which you're once you free yourself from that good bad mor- morality of food you can start giving yourself the permission to just eat what looks good what you feel like you want to eat but please Michaela elaborate on that in the normal person <laughs> a person that knows what they're talking about <laughs> <laughs> or whatever hey, you think you know and this comes back to a lot of uh, Again, to always take the – like if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I'm going to get the book and I'm going to read it and I'm going to treat it like the the Bible of food, don't do that. Don't do it. I promise. 
it's not it's not about turning these principles into rules. It's about letting them creating curiosity with them, seeing how they relate to you and your body because you're going to be different than, again, everyone else out there. But when it comes to creating full permission and allowing your body to speak up, at first, you that may be a lot of things that were off limits because that is just how it goes. You have to get through the off limits stuff before your body can start craving the nutrient-dense stuff because think about it. If these foods are on a pedestal, they're going to stay on a pedestal until you treat an apple like you do a cookie. Mm-hmm. So then whenever an apple becomes a cookie, you'll crave a cookie sometimes. You'll crave an apple sometimes. You'll be like, oh, okay, I want one of both sometimes, one of each sometimes. And that's the beauty of full permission is that with full permission, you are able to listen to your body and listen to your cravings and leave meals feeling satisfied. And that's kind of a scary thing. Yeah, it is to to acknowledge (laughs) just how much I was literally just having this conversation with my therapist the other day. Shout out, Karen. Love you. (laughs) Um, But I said that it's like when we it's a scary thing when we realize just how much control we have over our our lives. Um, And when you free that space in your mind, it's almost like you're standing on a ledge. Right. And and that's a scary thing. Um, And and. Cause you have all this open space around you, but you've never had it before. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know what you're doing. And at some point you're just going to have to breathe and be like, yeah, I'm on this ledge, but that's okay. Cause I'm in control. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like when you get to the, the point in your intuitive eating journey, like I did where I'm like, wow, I I'm to the point where I have space to focus on things. And of course what I do is keep making plans and not doing anything. But anyway, um, <laughs> I still have that space to do the things because I'm not obsessing and, you know, planning the every single thing I'm going to eat and letting that take over my entire psyche for the uh, remainder of my life. Like, I mean, I it used to be like that. <laughs> it used to be like that. Like and just giving yourself permission, um, eating things that feel nourishing to you, doing movement that feels um it work like it works for you and your body. Those things all start coming to light when you do focus on the fact that you don't have to abuse yourself by not eating food because you're gonna binge anyway later. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you know? Yeah. Oh, and I like it's so interesting because I like how you um Gia said standing off a cliff, like you're standing at the edge of a cliff and you're like, I got to jump off. Like I got to go. And kind of like whether you have a therapist or some support, sometimes it's helpful to have someone catch you say like, I'm at the bottom. Like I'm here. I got you. Just, you need to jump. A lot of times we do need that. And I think we think of like, um, like I think when we have a therapist for anxiety, depression, all those things, we're more we're more off to be like, okay, I need a therapist. Um, but when it comes to food, you believe, oh, I should be able to do this on my own. It's just food. That is something that we do get stuck in a lot because we're taught food should be easy. It's just eating, but it's not. Eating disorders are not a f- like it's not about the food. No. Yeah. It's it's a mental it's a mental health disorder. And so we think we can skate around an unhealthy relationship by just making ourselves eat. 
but that's that's half of it. Yeah. But the other half is how are you thinking and feeling about this food? And again, like having books like Intuitive Eating, there's so many, there's so many other books out there too. Um, but those are can be tools to help you jump off the cliff. As well as if you have a therapist, having that therapist there to help you be like, you got this, you can do this. And that's oftentimes what we need. And we don't think about we don't think it, we should need it because there's shame. There's like, oh, I really feel then. That's so true. It's like no one thinks like this is food is worth discussing in therapy in any capacity when actually like it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big, you know, relationship we all kind of struggle with in one capacity or another. Um, and I, it's- even me, I'm thinking like I've so rarely – talked about it with my own therapist like just anything like I, I i talk about body image stuff a little bit but yeah that's crazy why don't we talk about relationships with food more mm. why why do doctors prescribe weight loss and only have to take one three credit nutrition class their oh. whole education <laughs> well and they're so <laughs> they're so quick to it too you know like whenever I go for like a physical, it's always the first question, and I'm just like, "Do, do we like?" That's just fat phobic because they. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Ugh, I can't. They see the, a a chunky little nugget and they think, <laughs> "Lose weight, bitch!" Like, I can't. Well, and like, as if that's the cure all, right? Like, as if yes. losing weight is this magical cure all that's going to fix everything else in your life. And I mean, that's how people have midlife crises. I feel like well, it's like. When you realize, I, oh, but I did the thing that everyone told me I should do, and yes. I'm still not happy. Why am I still not happy? That well. was me for years. The yo-yoing was me for years. And when I was thin and thinner and thinner and thinner, I still thought I had to be thinner. Mm. <laughs> so. mm. It never ended. And, you know, we say, like, and beautiful point here of, like, being on the edge of jumping off the cliff to intuitive eating, like that fear of the full permission and stuff. There's also that that body image piece that's right there. Like the core of it all really is our values, body image and and health are those fears of those things and losing those things. Because you think the story of like, if I give myself full permission, I'm going to be unhealthy. I'm going to eat sweets all day, every day. I'm going to, you have all these stories in your head that are inaccurate beliefs based on what's been going on throughout your years of yo-yo dieting um, or trying to restrict food. So we have to open up those wounds of body image, of health, of all those things in order to move through and give ourselves full permission. And also, like again, health, when we unpack that little nugget of how like, okay, weight loss is their solution. When has it worked? Never. (laughs) And also, like, if it does, it's for one, they say, okay, like one to five years. Mm-hmm. But does everything magically get better or does everything get worse? Right? We don't, we really don't, like, every, again, everyone is so different that, yes, your blood values may get become normal for a year, but then I've seen people's blood values go back to normal after that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, they're losing weight, but they're not. But, but nothing's getting better on the blood work side. So it's not a fix-all. It's not sustainable. And also, is it worth the food noise? Is it worth binging? 
Is it worth no? All of that? <laughs> I'm gonna say it right now. Abs- like that's the one of the biggest things from my from my point of view from a takeaway from doing this, or just like you know freeing myself from this. It, that's it. It's like freeing yourself from like your own. Uh, your uh, like I would berate my own self, and I had to get. But that's the other point that we were just talking about. It's like I had to get my self talk right. <laughs> You know, because that's where the mental health comes in. Getting the self-talk right mm-hmm. is uh, honestly, that's like the uh, asa- like the ninja or the whatever, like the secret like thing that that's nobody, awesome. it's like you really have to, yeah, yeah, secret sauce because you really have to like start being nice to yourself too because dieting makes you mean to yourself. It makes you like say crazy shit like I'm such a fat ass, I ate that cookie, you know, stupid shit like that mm-hmm. that is not helping you at all. We have to start like treating ourselves better. And that's why I feel like this kind of practice of intuitive eating really for me started doing that. And that's why I'm like, love, like I love talking about it to everybody so much <laughs> because it really feels like um, a, a whole new way to live, like a 180. Yeah. And is there an aspect of it? I, I don't know. But because to me, I used to be that person who would like, connect the days right so if i ate a lot the night before then i'd like oh i gotta eat real good the next day right um as opposed to like allowing yourself to really look at every day as just a new fresh slate is there like any aspect of that to yes (laughs) that's actually that that the main so we think intuitive eating is just about the food but it's actually about your brain Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's all about your brain. It's about, cause think of your little neural pathways as highways. When you've grown up for so long thinking that foods, like there's bad foods. I need, I ate too much. I need to start over. Those are the highways. You're going to go straight to that automatically. And so what we have to do is we have to build different paths in your brain. And those paths start off as a dirt road. You have to weed whack. You have to like, it is effort to go down that path to build that new curiosity. Okay. Did, did I really do something bad? Do I need to start fresh tomorrow? Like, no, I didn't do anything bad. I just ate and yeah, I overate, but why is overeating bad? Like I'm human. It's normal. Did I eat enough today? Did I like curiosity? What happened today? Did I not eat what I wanted? Okay, cool. Let's take that as information and I'm going to keep going. And mm-hmm. but it's choosing to go down the dirt path than the automatic highway. And as you continue going down the dirt path, that will become a sidewalk. Then it'll become a road. And then it'll become a mini highway. And then it'll become like a four-lane highway. <laughs> but the less we use that 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 other highway, it will become a dirt trail. It'll be it will lessen. And then the other side will become automatic. And that's why, again, this process takes so much time, so much practice. Uh, and when we want it, uh, we want it to be a quick fix and it to happen automatically, it just doesn't work that way. Michaela, who would you say are the kind of people that, <clears throat> who could benefit from this kind of stuff? Do you think like what kind of, hmm. like I know eating disorder is different. Eating disorder, you need some real professional guidance I would write but yeah. people that have disordered eating they probably don't even know what disordered they are disordered um maybe but like since we have a lot of people that are probably listening to this and don't are like Gia that didn't know 
but like, yeah. how, how do you know if it's for you? I guess is the question. How do you know if it's for you? You know that, oh, that's a great question. And I, <laughs> and I think it's more so if we didn't have such a stigma about eating disorders and what they should look like, mm. we would all be needing this. And I think that's the pieces that we think to ourselves. I don't have problem. I'm not. I I don't live in a smaller body. I'm not skinny. Like I don't have an eating disorder. It's like, well, who said you have to only be skinny to have an eating disorder? And that's a lot of dietitians and therapists who specialize in eating disorders are really trying to push that because I could diagnose half my clients with full blown eating disorders because they are severely restricting. Their body's not getting smaller, but I could definitely ca- I could punch a whole bunch of boxes that would have you going into a hospital. <laughs> and on the flip side, binge eating disorder is an eating disorder. And if you are binging more than like if you're binging once a week, that that's binge eating disorder. That is that is a very serious thing. And we don't look at it as serious because everyone does it. And if I don't live in a smaller body, then I'm not at risk, but that couldn't be further from the truth. So honestly, if you are struggling at all with food, like if you are obsessed with food, if you feel guilty after eating things, if you sit there and have to look at look up the menu before going to a restaurant because you're scared of of what's going to be there, or what choice can you make that's good? If you f- have a hard time saying yes to plans because it's a Wednesday night and you were being good with food. So you can't go out to dinner with your friends. If you have an ice cream cone out and be like, oh no, like I already screwed up. I need to go home and eat everything because tomorrow's going to be a better day. If you constantly look in the mirror and obsess over how your body looks, body checking, uh, try to squeeze into tight clothes just to, um, just for that to be like uh, encouragement or like a reminder of I can't get any bigger. Uh, you know, if you like, there's so many things, right? If you constantly overeat and berate yourself every night and say, oh, why do I keep doing this? Like yeah. those are all symptoms of a disordered eating. That you was me, me so hard. <laughs> you just made me think of like so many people as you were listing yes. things. I was like, I know someone who does that. I, I, the thing that came to mind, I had a friend who wouldn't, she didn't drink and you know, I, her reason for not drinking was because, oh, if I get drunk, then I'm going to eat bad. And that was, and, and I had never had, I had never, and it was, I didn't realize how triggering it was, how triggering the friendship was for me. Right. Cause I had been doing all this work of kind of freeing myself from these thoughts that I was like, I can't, I don't know if I can be around a person who won't like, who is that afraid of losing control because losing control to them is eating bad um and it's just crazy it's just crazy how many things are actually signs of that that we don't identify as such because you know the the norm is to be thin that's the goal right so as long as you're thin you're good Mm -hmm. Um, since you just mentioned the alcohol and the girl not wanting to eat because or whoever it was not wanting to eat because <clears throat> she would drink and then want to be craving quote unquote mm-hmm. bad foods. I actually heard it, another really funny story from a friend of mine where it was a husband and wife. They're on a, like, they're all on a vacation together and um, they bought like this, the husband of the friend bought 
like a bottle of whiskey and they were like going like or tequila and they were like taking shots and getting crazy. And this guy literally that morning when they were had a bagel layout said he only eats a bagel once a year and he can't eat a bagel, but he was fine with taking that tequila to the head multiple times and finishing like a whole bottle in a day. That's a whole other thing. No, I know, but no, but it's not because it's not because that's how vilified carbs have become to to people in everyday life that they would rather never eat a bagel, Mm. but are fine going balls to the wall with alcohol, which is a known toxin. What's going to be worse for you in the long run? (laughs) For sure. And uh, it's amazing how many times I feel like I see that with, with moms, my mom, Mm-hmm. Oh, you're ma- are you making waffles? Are they like are they healthy waffles? I'm like, mm, they have flour in that. Like, I mean, sure, they're healthy. Yeah, they're normal. And, and she's like, I don't know. And it's like, well, mom, you finished a bottle of wine last night. I think you're fine. I think you're fine. <laughs> yes. Um, exactly. It's just like we vi- – and th- it just shows how much we villainize certain foods. Sugar, holy shit. Yeah. Like come. as if wine, as if wine doesn't have sugar in it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, there is sugar. <laughs> so it's amazing, and it's all it either all comes down to the fear of waking or health. Hmm. At the end of it, it's like think of why you have these rules in place. Mm-hmm. So it's almost going to be impossible to become an intuitive eater and to get out of these cycles and to heal your disordered relationship with food if you don't look at your relationship with your body. In your body image which is the longest um dirt road to create <laughs> which is the hardest new dirt road in that brain to to create and that for me it's been taking forever but also you know i didn't find intuitive eating and this kind of style until i was like 36 37 years old so like it, i already had such strict uh neural pathways going on <laughs> like all those rules were deeply embedded so the body image stuff, it's the hardest part. And I think this is where people kind of might, um, maybe this is where Michaela, you'll know this for sure. Like this is where people, that's where people start getting scared and start saying, I have to go on a diet before I try to do intuitive eating, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's, and here's the thing about that is that I don't want to say there's like a moment when you know you're ready to like, to basically do this, to, to, to what is it? What is the word I'm looking for? Like to just let go of control. Yes. Yes. Because a lot of times hmm, you really like not everyone is going to is going to get there and that's okay. And I think understanding that like you have the right to body autonomy. If you want to continue to try to lose weight, if you want to continue down the disordered path, that is your choice. No one is shaming you for that. Um, but just know that it comes with costs and it's completely up to you whether those costs are worth it for you and your life. Mm. That's all it comes down to is that ultimately you're going to sit on the fence and you're, when you're 80, I like think of this question when you're 80 years old, what do you want to be doing? Like, do you want to be like in your, in your home? Like I was going to say the old folks home, like in your little, like, I don't even know place like your your retirement facility scared of eating the piece of cake or do you want to be eating the piece of cake playing some cards maybe is 
maybe doing some other things with some friends, but just living your life because mm-hmm. when you're older, it's not going to be, it's not going to be gone. Like we think, oh, when I'm older, I won't care. Right. Like I'll just like let go. It's like, no, I'm seeing I literally yeah. was on the bus yesterday. Sorry. I was on the no, bus yesterday it. and these two older women were sitting behind me. I would say they were at least in their seventies and they were both smaller than me. Um, and one of them was saying how, yeah, you know, well, I try to, I try to go to my 1030 yoga class. Cause you know, I'm bigger than I want to be. And, you know, I just, I just don't really like how I'm looking and, and my, and I was just like, like literally just white haired. I, I don't know how old she was, but I just wanted to turn around and be like, what? Like, you don't need to be consuming your brain with this anymore. Um, mm-hmm. but the other, the other thought I have to that is kind of again that fear of I feel like the fear of loss and control maybe goes into and I think I've said this to Christine before but when you really start to dissect why we feel the way we feel why we think these things about our bodies you really start to realize how little foundation is there Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's almost like a crisis of self in that wait, but I've spent so much time focusing on this and you're telling me there's no foundation for it. Yeah. And so some people just aren't willing to go there at all because I can't handle it. And it's, it's again, it's that price of, are you willing to kind of, yes, you're going to crumble because everything you've been told is a lie and you're going to rebuild. Yes. But the foundation of it is, it's, it's little toothpicks, bro. Like it's not uh-huh. real. No. And the fear, it's like the fear of I'm losing, ah, you said it perfectly, the fear of losing your identity. Yeah. Your identity has been, I'm losing weight. I'm eating a certain way. I'm like, you've always been doing that. And that's distracted you from the actual problems that are going on. Mm-hmm. Because when you look down in there, it's like, oh shoot, how do I actually want to live my life? You have to those are those toothpicks of like, what are even my values? Yes, I've been told to do X, Y, and Z, to eat this way, to do this way, but what do I actually want? Hmm. And that's what you get to figure out there. And can I ask you, Michaela, like your thoughts on, you know, once you're kind of, for me at least, once you become aware of all this, it's very hard to observe others who are still in it. So what is your, like, I guess, best advice for, you know, approaching those conversations when you hear, I mean, literally just the other day at work, I heard someone talk about how I want to have, you know, one meal of all fruits in a day and one meal of all vegetables, <laughs> like just oh. so weird. And I, I literally just like retreated into myself. Cause I didn't, I know it's such a sensitive thing for mm. people to talk about, but it's like, how do we, once, once we're aware of it and we want to shout it from the rooftops, like we want to be like, come join us in freedom. Mm-hmm. How, how do you go about that in a way that will hopefully be an open conversation and not a shaming in any way, or a, I know better than you kind of situation? Yes, because we don't want to be like another diet over here saying my yeah. way is the best way. And this is such a great question because it's everywhere, right? And you're sitting yeah. there and you're like, oh my gosh, what do I say? And the biggest thing I want you to know is you can do whatever you want. Like if you are feeling, if you're feeling like, whew, I'm going to say something, say something, mm-hmm. you know, go with it, do it. But ultimately someone who is not ready to hear it is not going to listen. Ooh. And that's okay. 
and and it's letting go of that control that of you have to control other people you have to get everyone on the same bus as you and we're all on different buses mm-hmm. like we're all different people and so if their diet makes them happy and these things make them happy great that's them we're not going to be friends <laughs> but that's that's great for you and I and whatever makes you happy so I think that's number one of just knowing that not everyone's going to be on the same bus and that's okay yeah two is if it's someone close to you or someone that like is like talking about their diet, just be like, well, how do you feel? Like ask questions. Never go straight into like, oh, you know, like you shouldn't be doing – like, you know, that shaming of like you shouldn't be doing that. Maybe like, you know, just ask questions. Be like, well, how is that working? How, how, are, how are you doing? Like because then they get to sit there and reflect on, oh, this is not going well. How am I? How do I feel? Yeah. What is actually going on? Or you can be a little like snarky and be like, you know, you're not bad for eating a cookie. It's a freaking cookie. Like that's what I do. Yeah. I I know you do that. Like chill. Um, And so, or you can say a comment like that. It really depends on your relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. And then you can, typically people will ask questions about why you feel so so okay eating a certain thing or why, you know, you're not talking about food or body image, right? Like when you're at a table and everyone's talking about their diet or food, you get to be like, okay, so how was everyone's day? (laughs) You're changing the conversation and they're like, wait, what? (laughs) Then, so, but as, as time goes and you do these things, people will start to ask questions and you get to, when they start asking, that means they're curious. That means you have a window of, oh, they're curious. Let me, let me share. They can ask their questions or they can be like, well, I don't agree with that. And you can be like, you don't have to agree. You ride your bus, I'll ride mine. Mm. Yeah. Because we like to control others. Yes. Yeah, I'm bad at it. I'm bad at that. We all are. That's <laughs> why we're all in this mess. We love controlling. That's, and it's funny because it's like I view it as a like, no, like I want to I want you to come into the light. But it's like you're so right. Like if someone's not ready to hear it, they're not going to hear it no matter what. Yeah. Um, and that's something that like I need to be OK with. Like I I, I need to stick to my bus. You right. Damn. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the hardest thing for me. That is, <laughs> I just want like. I want to save everybody, you know, yeah. <laughs> I just want yeah. everybody, I want everybody to just like be living their best life. The hardest for me is my, my mother and my aunts and oh. my family and my cousins and, you know, people like that. Like, it's like watching older women be like you saw on the bus, like watching older women still slaving away yeah. at these being thin. And it's like, you're 70, you're 71 years old. 71 years of age are you gonna enjoy your life without thinking about your body now i mean it just makes me feel sad so therefore i want to save them but i know they like i've tried with my mother she literally did end up saying stop talking to me about it (laughs) because i'm not gonna do it christine i'm not i don't know what you're talking about i don't want to (laughs) know i'm like okay Mm, done but it's just like i'm just more i'm more sad for like the those people because it's just like I used to be there. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, like it's like I feel free, so I f- thought you might want to know, but I'm very bad at like the body autonomy thing cuz like it's just like a trigger for me really now when I hear about yeah. people on diets, like I feel very like I f- I feel triggered because that was my lifestyle for 35 years. 
it's just very weird. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's so funny because I, you know, so many people give me, me specifically, I get the backhanded comment of like, I wish I had your confidence. I just think you're so cool. You're so awesome. All these things. And like, how did you get, you know, and so much of it has to do with the fact that I have just allowed myself to live. So much of it has to do with the fact that I have just been like, fuck it. Since I was, you know, since I had brain surgery when I was six, I was like, well, I survived that. So really anything else is not really a big deal, but like, I don't know how to say that in also a not in a welcoming way, in a way that's like, you know, cause sometimes, sometimes I just, I don't want to, I'm just like, you got to do the work, bro. I don't, how, how did I, how did I get the way I am? I did the work. I did the work. And yes, was I in extraordinary circumstances that caused me to have to do the work earlier on in my life? Yes. But everyone's capable of doing the work and you just have to be willing to do it. You just have to be willing to like realize, oh, wait, everything I've been told is a lie and that's okay. Like, let me go explore. Let me, again, the curiosity, like, yeah. Let me have the courage to have the curiosity to go and explore all these other facets of life that I've been denying myself for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you, if you're listening to this and you are like about to, you're like, okay, maybe I should embark on this journey or maybe <laughs> start. Um, you know, the biggest thing is community. Find like-minded people. Find people mm-hmm. because this is so hard to do if you are on your own island just like trying to make peace of food in your body and like everyone around you is dieting. That is the hardest thing ever because automatically you're going to feel isolated. You're going to feel unaccepted because you're not doing what they're doing. So the sooner you can find people, the better. And yeah. if you want to get into this and you need help, Miss Michaela Putala can help you. Okay, everyone? Oh, if you need you. help, Do it. she helps me so much. Um, it's like, that's why I love your approach so much, Michaela, because like, like um, I'm very <laughs> rules-oriented, list-oriented. <laughs> um, you're like, you're taking it and you're just going to a human, like, livable area with, with all these principles that um, Evelyn Triboli and Elaine Resch um, – they're the creators of intuitive eating. So this is where they started the ideas. And now in this modern day, we have people like Michaela that are taking all of this into a more like digestible, yeah. <laughs> digestible kind of like um, way of life. Like how to actually make this work for me when I'm trying to like get out of this restrict binge cycle or whatever food issues you're having that you want to be free from really. Yeah. And I think this goes back to whenever I, so I had struggled with a few eating disorders growing up. And I remember my freshman year of college, I was like, I have an issue. And there was no, there was no resources out there about binge eating. Like I felt like this was just something I was weird. Like no one else did it. Um, but I had found a dietitian who, um, actually specialized in intuitive eating and it was a miracle. It was literally like it just happened. And so I started working with her and I kind of owe it all to her of doing this work really early. Again, it was just kind of thrown into my lap um, and realizing that because I always felt like I don't fit into a category as a person. Like I like 
you can't like I had binge eating disorder, but also like the like before I had atypical anorexia and then all these things and they kept telling me I didn't fit into a box. So my whole life I'm sitting here and I'm like, can someone help me meet me where I am and help me? Because I have no idea what I'm doing and I don't like, yes, I can read this book, but I'm different. I don't know how to do this. Like I don't know how to do this for me. And so meeting with that dietitian and my therapist, I kind of realized like, oh, it's because you're not supposed to fit into a box. You're a human being. And we're not supposed to fit in boxes. We're not supposed to fit into BMI, unhealthy, healthy, and obese categories. We are not like, it is all bullshit. So whenever you can say, okay, I need to figure this out for me, your life gets easier. And that's kind of how I do my approaches. Like everyone that I work with is completely different. That's why I don't like to say I have a framework or I have a this. No, I got to see you. I got to see where what's your history, what, what's been going on, because that will tell me a lot more about what you need moving forward than anything else. Because it's not about a framework. It's about figuring out how this is going to work for you. How do you want to live your life and going from there? And how to trust yeah. yourself. Yeah. Mm. So that's mm. a hard part. <laughs> and that's what that is. <laughs> Oh, Michaela, we love you. Thank you for, I think we're, we need to wrap, but like, yes. thank you so much for coming thank on. You're you. our first guest. Yes. Absolutely. We're so thank excited. You for, I am honored. Thank you for having me. You two no. are amazing. Well, we could say, Michaela, this podcast would not have happened in, for me unless we had done our work together, really. This so, is true. <laughs> I think I owe it to you a little bit. Oh, no, I, I feel like I've met a celebrity personally. Like, I oh. feel like... <laughs> Uh, you know, because Chris, well, Chris, Christine talks about it so much, and I'm like, well, let me meet this amazing person who brought it into her life. But oh. now I'm like, you've really opened my mind up in how to be kind of a more um, encouraging person for, you know, when you observe these things in your life, or even for myself to be able to identify the things in myself that, and give myself permission that, like, that is what happened. You know, that is what you were doing. But that's okay because, like, you're not there anymore. And that's, yeah. you know, it's the oh. permission, the permission, the permission, the permission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Thank you both so much. I'm honored to be here. I am so excited for this podcast. When Christine told me about it, I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. Hell so yeah. <laughs> we need more people spreading this word. We need more people out there, you know, doing things like this. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. So I hope everyone enjoyed and we'll be back next time to talk about something else fun. I don't know Ooh. if it's going to be as fun as intuitive eating, but um, <laughs> we'll see you later, everyone. Goodbye. Bye.